It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. What are we talking about? I don't know. I wasn't in that meeting, but I'm just assuming. Are all Toronto Blue Jays fans losers? You know what I'm going to become? A really, really obnoxious Bills fan. I got so passionate in that argument that I hit the mic with my hat. I cried like a little girl. <laughs> what is wrong with people? No, I'm saying I could have done what Speed does because I do that every time I golf. You're such a moron. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you because you're really creepy. Oh, more bacon. Everything is better with more bacon. Tom Brady wears Uggs. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning, and thanks for starting your Saturday by tuning into the Beyond the Game program. We're certainly glad to have you with us. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can call Town & Country at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. I'm Rick Benson, and joining me are Zach and Zach, our producer, Zach Barletta, and joining us again this week is Zach Haas. Darren is still away after enjoying the All-Star Game festivities in San Diego. If you want to find out more about the show, the website is btgprogram.com, and you can also interact with the show on Twitter and other social media platforms at btgprogram. If you want to call us, the studio line is 585-431-1202. That's 585-431-1202. It's really just a glorified answering machine because the program is pre-recorded. However, you're welcome to call and leave your thoughts there, and who knows, maybe we'll even use them on the air. Guys, every now and then, a professional athlete will do something that reminds the rest of us that they're just like us. I enjoy playing golf. I don't know if you guys are golfers. I enjoy playing golf, but it's never really become a passion for me. I get out maybe once a year, and in fact, I haven't been out this year. I didn't get out last year, so you can see it's not really a passion. Needless to say, I'm not a very good golfer. I just don't have the time to dedicate to it. Or maybe I should say that there are other things I prefer to do with my time, though I think I'd like to play a little bit more. But as bad as I am, there are times when my shots are just like those of professional athletes professional golfer like VJ Singh. No, I'm not talking about his good shots. In a practice round earlier this week leading up to the 145th British Open, oh, excuse me, the Open Championship as they prefer (laughs) it to be called, Singh hit a shot off the tee on the seventh hole that was, shall we say, just a bit off the line. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. So much so that it sailed towards the 8th green where Marco Dawson and his group were finishing up and the ball struck Dawson's caddy, William <laughs> Kiplinski, right in the head and he, he had to be taken to the hospital. <laughs> That's straight out of Happy Gilmore. It really is. Fortunately, reports are that Siplinski did not lose consciousness. He'll be all right. And I haven't heard if he was caddying. T- did you guys hear? Has he been caddying? I have no idea. Yeah, I know VJ Singh took a shot at the Masters during practice, skipped it off the water, and hit a hole in one. 
So he must be a master at that part. Trip I shots. I didn't do, but the skipping it off the water. That, oh, I've been I can there. Do that all I'm too. Real good at that. Last Saturday, four off-duty police officers walked off their assignment at Target Center in Minneapolis, where they were working on the side as security guards at a Minnesota Lynx WNBA game. The decision to leave was in response to members of the team wearing T-shirts during pregame warm-ups with a message following the deaths of Philandro Castile and Alton Sterling, who, as you're probably aware, were both fatally shot by police officers recently. The warm-up shirt said, Change starts with us, justice and accountability. That was across the front. The back of the shirts featured the names of Castile and Sterling, the Dallas Police Department shield, and at the bottom it said Black Lives Matter. The officers have removed their names for working future games, and are, 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 there's reports that now other officers are saying they're not going to work Lynx games either. Now, I was not aware that security guards were needed at WNBA games. <laughs> I wasn't 100% sure these games were open to the public. I mean, anytime I see highlights from these games, as Darren often says, some WNBA star hitting a layup and making a highlight reel. When those four cops left, it cut the crowd size in half. <laughs> <laughs> but when I see the highlights, it's always as if they purposely try not to capture too much of the audience in their camera shot because of all the empty seats. Link star player Maya Moore said during a news conference prior to that game last Saturday that tonight we'll be wearing shirts to honor and mourn the loss of precious American citizens and to plead for change in all of us. Moore said something in there in her statement that I sort of identify with because I've been saying this for some time and of course this opinion is my own and you know, look, I'm just an average guy. I'm neither special nor really all that bright. Yet it seems to me that as a nation, we are continuously dividing ourselves into smaller and smaller segments. There's not just Christians, you know, there's Baptists, or you're a fundamentalist, you're a Calvinist, and these such things. And I'm not a fan. I, I know this is not going to be um, very popular, but I'm not a fan of the phrase Black Lives Matter, when in fact all lives matter, and that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Christ gave his life for all. Unless you're a Calvinist, and then you don't believe <laughs> that. But I'm not blaming the media, but reporting as black or white or Hispanic or rich or poor or gay or whatever I just think it serves to fan the flames of racial tensions. And I know there are many things we may never fully understand about a race other than our own. We may not be able to fully understand the culture or difficulties another person faces. What Maya Moore said, though, that they were American citizens. Those two men killed by police officers, they were Americans. Those attacked in Orlando recently were Americans. Those officers killed in Dallas were Americans. I'd like to see more reporting that these Americans were, were attacked. Not 50-some people in a gay bar. Americans were attacked. Let's start with what we have in common, not what our differences are. Let's get down to what we can agree on. Let's come together and unite as Americans. That's our brotherhood. I'm not negating a global worldview. I know we're all members of humanity, but before we divide down to the lowest common denominator, let, let's first identify as fellow Americans. Well, I guess as long as we're 
tackling politically sensitive issues. The Albany Great Danes have announced that they are canceling their November 12th game against Duke in response to North Carolina's bathroom bill. Because Albany is part of the SUNY system, the State University of New York, they fall under the ridiculous mandate instituted by Governor Andrew Cuomo's office to protest North Carolina's HB2 law, often referred to as the bathroom bill which was enacted this past spring, you probably recall, requires transgender people to use a bathroom of their birth gender, not anyone that they choose to identify with. The New York mandate restricts public institutions from non-essential travel to North Carolina. And wouldn't you be interested to know what those high-level New York politicians who do travel to North Carolina, what they deem as essential You know, what's good for them may not necessarily be allowed for the common person. But the Duke Blue Devils, whose goal annually is to win a national championship, Duke comes out every year looking to win a national champion. Albany, they come out every year hoping to get into the tournament. Maybe win a game if they get lucky. Do you really think Duke is going to be all that torn up because Albany won't play them? You think that makes any difference to Duke? Now, Duke does have to replace the game because it's tied into the Hall of Fame tip-off and they have a re- some sort of contractual requirement to the event. But I don't imagine it will be difficult for Duke to find someone who will take the honor of playing at the famed home court of the Blue Devils, Cameron Indoor Arena. In order to sufficiently kiss the big bottom of political correctness, the players who make up the Albany basketball team will be denied an opportunity to play against Duke at Duke. They're the ones who get crushed in this thing. What a thrill. I mean, they had to be looking forward to going to Duke and playing there and being the visiting team and, and, you know, the Cameron crazies and all that. They had to be looking for that. And now that's crushed. They they won't, you know, maybe they can settle for a game against Fordham in New York City or something. That'll be a real thrill for the players. And do you think that the lawmakers in Carolina are like, oh, no, we got to rethink this. Albany's not going to come. Yeah, the like, Albany they don't care. Great Danes aren't coming. Yeah, right. North Carolina doesn't care. If I were Duke, I'd go out and invite, like, Marist College, and also a New York school just a little further down the Hudson River in Poughkeepsie, New York. Marist is a private school. And the mandate only applies to public institutions. I'd rub it right in Albany's nose. Be sure to I, I, ma- I make sure the Marist Red Foxes had a great time when they came to Duke. I, I'd just make sure that everything was just show those kids a good time. Not anything against the Albany basketball team, but those who made such a decision to say that they can't go there to play. Maybe even invite Forrest, uh, former Marist great Rick Smiths. <laughs> the Dunking Dutchman, maybe one of NBA's all-time best players. Be like, how do you feel about your stupid mandate now? You guys are looking at me. You don't think Rick Smith is one of the NBA's all-time great players? That's debatable. He wouldn't be on my Mount Rushmore. We'll just put it that way. Well, he'd be on mine. <laughs> but I suppose, you're, as you say, Zach, the politicians don't care, and it's really the players who lose out and all because the state of North Carolina had the minerals to say that they don't want men using women's bathrooms and vice versa. We'll be back after this break. I hope you'll stick around. This is the Beyond the Game program brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. 
Listen up, Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, and every other place that can hear this radio station. If you have a pest problem, don't waste your time with any company that's not named Town & Country Pest Solutions. I was a customer before they were the title sponsor of this show, and trust me, they know what they're doing. They have nearly three decades of experience ridding homes of wasps, bees, ants, roaches, bedbugs, squirrels, raccoons, snakes. Yes, I've seen a video of them taking care of a very large snake. You name it, Town & Country Pest Solutions handles it. They're so serious about solving your critter problems that they have an actual American Ninja Warrior on their team who will stop at nothing to get the job done. He can also get up on your roof without a ladder. What could be better? Pest problem solved and a show. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time, write this down, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear absolutely nothing but God. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to the Beyond the Game program. BTGprogram.com or at BTGprogram. Baseball's all-star game having now come and gone. There have been plenty of talk about who got snubbed and who went as a result of perhaps fans stuffing the ballot boxes. So we thought it might be interesting to discuss, you know, an all-scrub team. Guys that were not snubbed, guys that didn't go as a result of fans stuffing the ballot boxes. These guys didn't belong there in any way, shape, or form. So we've compiled the list, made a lineup of players who, at least for the first half of the of the baseball season, they've not lived up to the expectations going into the season. So we'll start off with the catcher, Russell Martin of the Toronto Blue Jays. This is hard not to pick Martin here. Batting somewhere around two and a quarter with only seven home runs. Russell, no muscle. (laughs) The rust bus is stalled out. Thank you for laughing, because I was going to keep telling the same joke. (laughs) John Sterling, when he was with the Yankees, it was always Russell the muscle. So this is Russell, no muscle so far this year. I think the most alarming is the number of strikeouts. Yeah, He's got a ton of strikeouts. His... 80, I think it's 84 mm-hmm. I, I, through the first half of the season. And he had 106 all year last year. I mean, he's only 22 away from his full season amount. Like, he's just he's just been... And he's picked it up a little bit recently, but he's been really bad. Yeah. Fortunately, in Toronto, that lineup measures, you know, features so much offense that his lack of production can sort of go a little unnoticed, but I... I would definitely think the Blue Jays are expecting a little bit more than what he's put up so far. Especially after that great year he had last year. Yeah. Our all-scrub catcher is Russell Martin. First base, 
Mark Teixeira of the New York Yankees. 193. The cat is batting 193. Seven home runs and 20 RBIs. Not nearly enough from what is traditionally a a position that you plan to get some offense out of. The big thing for me, too, is his on-base percentage is way down. He got on base at a 357 clip last year. This year, 272. And he was a guy that you counted on him for home runs and walks, basically. He wasn't going to have a high average, but he'd be on base all the time. But now he's not even doing that. The Yankees can't wait to get out from under this contract. No, no. I think you could have made a decent case for Prince Fielder here at first base. Mm -hmm. But Texture is out disappointing him. Which is tough to do. Which is tough to do because, yeah, you could make a real strong case for Prince Fielder. Moving on to second base, Zach, you had nominated D. Gordon of the Miami Marlins, and uh, I, I'm going with Colton Wong of the St. Louis Cardinals, and this is a tough split here. Gordon was, I think, being heavily counted on by the Marlins after the terrific year he had last season. I mean, he batted three thirty three last year. He's nowhere near that. I mean, he's been in 21 games, so his paltry numbers are a reflection of that, but that's part of the disappointment, the fact that he's not on the field. Colton Wong has been in 60 game, 67 games by comparison, and he's hitting only two thirty-eight. He's only got 10 RBIs, 10 RBI, and his 29 strikeouts against only 21 walks. I mean, there's a guy just not getting on base. So it's a tough split. I'm, yeah, you know, I, it's I a may, toss up there. I may have been a little more weighted against D. Gordon just because Coming into the season, he was, I mean, pretty much widely accepted to be one of, like, the top three second basemen in the game. Like, he's a guy you would have probably expected to be starting in the All-Star game this week. And instead, he took a PED and got himself suspended. Yeah, I I guess that makes a lot of sense. That makes more sense why some of the picks that you had, because I don't think coming into the season you were expecting Colton Wong on the All-Star game. No, you thought he'd be a good, steady player who'd be taking steps forward from what he did last year. And, I mean, he hasn't. But at least he's you know he's been back on the field again. How do the Cardinal fans in the rooms feel about Colton Wong? I didn't like him when he first got started out. How do you been, like him now? Uh, not too great. <laughs> uh, he uh, you know be, he can't really help us too much being in AAA, and then uh, yeah, his production hasn't been much, yeah. if anything. Continuing on, shortstop, and he gets pretty unanimous here. Troy Tulowitzki again of the Blue Jays. This is a position though. There are so many good shortstops. Mm-hmm. So many good shortstops. It's a loaded position. And even the guys who are good, you know, seem disappointing because they don't, com- they, by comparison, they're just not. And Tulowitzki is a good example. I mean, his relatively low batting average jumps out at you, but uh, he's hitting just 238. You sort of expect him to be up around the 300 mark, but his power numbers are solid. Yeah, he's really. he's. The last month or so, he's been better, at least in the power department and stuff. But I just feel like the Tulowitzki I remember could hurt you in so many ways. He really did everything well. And he's he's hit that point in the aging curve where the average is going and the on-base is going. The power is still there, but everything else is kind well, of this slipping. is one of those situations, as I said, where, where the guy's got 15 home runs. He's got 43 RBIs. It's hard to be disappointed by that, but in comparison to the other shortstops around the league, mm-hmm. man, the 63 strikeouts is a lot. Mm-hmm. And the seven errors 
is on pace for a career high. That's really you don't, you don't really kinda, strange, yeah. Yeah, you don't expect that from him. Third base is another area where you and I sort of, we had different nominees here. You had Anthony Rendon of the Nationals. Um, I guess I'd have to ask you why. I went with Rendon, and I, doing some more of my research today, I think that was the wrong pick to make. But my feeling about Rendon is he was a guy coming into this year that I thought, all right, he's going to be healthy this year finally, and I expected him to build off what because he, he's so young still, build off what he's done and continue to show progress. And he really is just kind of plateaued and stayed stuck right where he is. And you, you really would expect to see more development, a little more power, a little more in the stolen base categories, a little better all-around offensive game as he grows and has more time in the big leagues, and it really hasn't happened. So yeah, that disappointed it, me. His hitting's a little off his career average, but in many of the other important offensive categories, he looks to be on pace to finish actually above his career average, which is why I picked Matt Duffy of the San Francisco Giants. Again, a strong position around the league. Third base, a lot of good third basemen. And it's not like Duffy's having a terrible year, but this is a guy who finished second in the Rookie of the Year voting last year. His average is down. His power is down. He has just 21 RBI. Um, really a bit of a disappointment from, I think, the high hopes that the Giants fans had going yeah. into the season. I looked at Matt Duffy for this list. I just I didn't want to hold an injury against him because he has been hurt for a while. But he was he was bad before he went down with the injury. Another guy I thought of today that I probably should have gone with is Todd Frazier, which would seem a little strange because he has the twenty five homers and fifty something RBIs, and he was just in the home run derby. But he's hitting two thirteen, and he's getting on base at a three oh five clip. Like he, he's literally home run or nothing. Speaking of Todd Frazier, how weird if you guys were watching it was Chris Berman's. <laughs> Down goes Frazier comment, you know, trying to. That was a little bit. I'm surprised you've heard awkward. more because did he said something like, "In the year that we lost Ali, now Down goes Frazier." I was like, "Oh, it's like trying to force fit that in there." Yeah, it, wow. slow down, slow your roll, buddy. The outfield is where we disagree a bit on our all scrubs team. You nominated Justin Upton of the Tigers, Giancarlo Stanton of the Marlins, and Andrew McCutcheon of the Pirates. And I can get down with Upton being one of the three. I mean. He's got a low average. His power numbers are way off what Detroit was hoping for when they signed him this offseason. He's got 112 strikeouts in 85 games. And they signed him for six years at 132-plus. He is the guy I was all over the place saying the Yankees needed to go sign. He's right-handed power. He's in his prime years. I am so thankful they did not listen to me. I think Giancarlo Stanton, though, 20 home runs and 50 RBIs, that's kind of hard to be disappointed in. I I can't, I, I disagree with you there. And same thing with McCutcheon, 14 home runs. I get that you expect a little bit more perhaps from McCutcheon, but I think there are bigger disappointments. So moving on, I, I agree with you on uh, with about Upton, but I will say that the Astros certainly hope for more when they traded for Carlos Gomez last season. Yeah, oh yeah. His two seventeen batting average, four home run and twenty three RBI is an embarrassment. He he's on my all scrub list. But I'll give you a bit of a surprise choice here. And now knowing what you did, did you kinda pick guys that maybe you thought going into the season had a shot at the All Star game? Nobody expected Aaron Hicks to be on the All Star game. But I think he was, while he may not have been expected to provide big numbers, I got to think the Yankee front office was hoping that a change would benefit him when they traded for him. Mm -hmm. I mean, they gave up 
uh, was it Murphy, right? Yeah. John Ryan Murphy. Now, he uh, hasn't hit for the Twins either, so the trade's kind of been a wash. But I, I, I think you guys probably remember, I was trumpeting Aaron Hicks' praises left and right. When that trade was made, I loved Aaron Hicks. I said he was going to take Beltran's job by this point in the year, and clearly I got that completely wrong. Yeah, well, nice but, job, Nostradamus. Yeah. His career is – his average I – well, I don't know why I said his career. His average is below 200. His on-base percentage is only 261. I mean, as you say, going into the season, this wasn't a guy that you were thinking all-star game. But if you were expecting him to take Carlos Beltran's spot, uh, you know, for a guy off the bench or an extra outfielder, he has played in 75 games. He's got 183 mm-hmm. at-bats to have an on-base percentage of 261. He's going to be on the bench a lot more. For the sake of time, let's just give one starting pitcher, one reliever, Guys like the Astros, Dallas Keuchel, Matt Harvey of the Mets, the Rays, Chris Archer, they all come to mind. But in terms of sheer disappointment, Arizona's Shelby Miller is the clear mm-hmm. choice. A big part of that disappointment is how much they gave up to get him from the Braves. They oh, yeah. gave up a King's Ransom. They gave up a lot. They gave up last year's number one overall pick in Dansby Swanson. Miller tossed over a hundred, over 205 innings last year with an ERA of just over three. This year he's thrown only 69 innings. His ERA is a startling 7.14. He's allowing way too many home runs, walking way too many batters, not to mention landing on the DL because his mechanics have been so off that he's hitting the ground at times with his pitching hand. Mm -hmm. He went on the DL with, with a finger injury as a result from hitting his hand on the ground. And this guy is definitely just off. Yeah. I mean, what they gave up for him, even if he pitched the exact same way that he pitched last year, was still way too much. But on top of that, to have an ERA over 7 at the All-Star break, it's just it's just a, a nightmare of a trade for the Diamondbacks. Talking about a reliever, Houston's Ken Giles gets the nod as the most disappointing reliever through the first half of the 2016 season. He's blown three saves. ERA of 4.38. Hits and home runs are up per nine innings. Opponents are getting on base with a 313 on base percentage. Uh, Houston's demoted him to the point where he's buried on their depth chart. Mm-hmm. They clearly ha- have no confidence in calling him out of the bullpen. I can't. I mean, Trevor Rosen, Rosenthal, you nominated yeah. him, Zach, of the Cardinals. He, he's also worthy of consideration an ERA over five. Lost his closer role, but he's not as buried as as Giles is on on the on the depth chart. Yeah, and they're two different situations. Like where Giles is, I mean, recently he's been better, but again, they just overpaid so much for him, and he was expected to be the closer, and now he's like third or fourth in line for saves on that team. And Rosenthal is on the list because he's just been hot garbage. <laughs> you know, I twenty three walks in thirty innings is is terrible and ERA over five just you could you tell him watch him he doesn't know where the ball's going when he's throwing it and he's a guy I could see winning the job back eventually but just he's been worse than Giles but Giles the package they give up to get him was just so much well there you have it the first half all scrub team for 2016 as seen by us here on the beyond the game program and of course we don't want for anyone not to succeed well 
unless they're on the Boston Red Sox or in Zach Barletta's case, named Tom Brady. So <laughs> here's here's hoping each of those guys turn it around during the second half of the season. With Zach Barletta and Zach Haas, I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country. Pet Solutions. Your floors are under attack from overwatered plants to overflowing dog bowls. But the Home Depot has new water-resistant Pergo Outlast Plus laminate flooring starting at just $279 a square foot. So you and your floors get to fight back with 24-hour spill protection that stands up to liquids for a whole day without causing damage. The next generation of laminate flooring is Pergo Outlast Plus starting at just $279 a square foot. Exclusively from the Home Depot. More saving. More doing. U.S. only. Progressive presents Mindflowness with Flow. Your aura brims with confidence. The Name Your Price tool has given you policy options based on your budget. A source of great power rises from within, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex that can shoot dragons out of its eyes, riding on a tank. Get insurance based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Barry Bonds never took steroids. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Don't ruin it by being an idiot. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. Have a high moral standard. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. How silly can you get? You want to heckle blind people? That would make me soil my pants. Dude, wow. Welcome back to the show. Recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here's your host, Rick Benson. Welcome back to the show. At BTG Program, if you want to follow us on Twitter. So Russell Wilson and singer Ciara are now married. The couple who were both both praised and criticized for their choice of abstinence during their engagement were wed a week or so ago in England. Of course, Russell Wilson is a fairly out he's fairly outspoken about his faith, shares a lot of Bible verses through social media, does many, many wonderful things in his community, and we talked about this when the couple first began dating and I said at that time that I I knew nothing about Sierra. And well, I still know very little except maybe the same two things I know then. One, she's incredibly beautiful. This is a beautiful woman. And two, based on her videos and the very revealing outfits she wears, I I wouldn't make the assumption that she's a believer. But in reality, I don't know either one of these people. I have learned that Sierra does actually say that her Christian faith is important to her. That is one of the things that she found attractive about Russell Wilson, that he was a godly man, which is what she was looking for after her previous relationship ended harshly. Because I don't know the couple personally, I've not heard enough quotes directly from them. It, it's really kind of unfair for me to say anything specific about their personal faith. But that's something right there, isn't it? The idea that I, I haven't heard enough to be able to say with certainty that they are Believers, doesn't that, in fact, say something mm-hmm. about their faith? And before we make this a commentary on Russell Wilson or on Sierra, let's think about ourselves. Based on how we live our life day in and day out, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, would people know it? Perhaps you say that your faith is very personal and that it's between you and God. I say to you that 
that's not Bible. You know, that's something something altogether different. An illustration I like to use a lot, and maybe you've heard me say this, but if there's an apple tree in your backyard that isn't producing apples, there are two possible explanations. One, it's unhealthy, perhaps too immature to produce good, healthy fruit. The other is, it's not an apple tree, and that's why you're not getting any apples. Christian, if you don't see real productive fruit in your life, in your spiritual life, Perhaps you're too unhealthy or too immature, or perhaps you aren't really a Christian. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Here's the deal. You can't have an encounter with an almighty God, the one who created the entire universe and all that's in it, simply by speaking it so, you can't meet God and come away unchanged. If you have truly come to know God, your life will be changed and it will show it. I fear that today many of our churches are made up of people who haven't truly met God. Instead, they're worshiping some form of God they sort of conjured up to fit nicely in the life they prefer to live. It's not Bible that they live out. It's a watered-down version of Christianity which the world will accept because it's of no offense to them. There's a lot of talk of God. There's a lot of talk of love. And when you start talking about Jesus, though, the unbelieving world takes takes notice because they don't like it. Of course they want to talk about God. They want to talk about love. But they don't want to talk about Jesus. There's something about the name of Jesus which desi- which just divides. Because you can't have Christ and your sin at the same time. Of course, being a new creature doesn't mean that Christians are perfect. Of course not. But it does mean that we're changed. And for a Christian that is growing in their faith, it means they are continually being changed. I have a pastor friend who gives this illustration. He purposely arrives at the pulpit a little late. And he'd announced that he'd just been hit by a speeding tractor trailer. Obviously, no one believes him because, as he'd say, you'd expect to see some marks. You'd expect to see the results of coming into contact with such a force. Well, the same thing goes for a life which has truly come to know Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. You'd see marks. Your life would show marks of coming into contact. There are a lot of athletes who who know Bible verses, share Bible verses. They talk of God. They talk of love. They talk of kindness. All good things. No doubt. All good things. But I want to hear them talk about Jesus. I want to hear them talk about Calvary's cross, about repentance, the sacrifice of Jesus, or about the shed blood which forgives. When I hear those things, I know. I don't just wonder if they might believe, be a believer. I know they've been truly changed by God. You can hear the things. You know, most people believe in God. I suspect as a, as a society that number is probably declining as we move closer and closer to the return of Christ, but Most people do believe in God. They believe in Christmas. They even try to live somewhat moral lives. But believing in God is not the same thing as being changed into a new creature. Charles Spurgeon once said that it is unfair for us to expect those who are not in Christ to live as if they were a new creation. However, it is not unfair to expect a changed life from people who say they are Christians. If you're a Christian, you, you should your life should be changed. 
Here's what I often find interesting about believers. They want so desperately to identify with someone who is successful in sports, or really, I guess, anywhere in life. And for some, it's with good reason, because those folks have such a tremendous platform. If you've reached uh, success in sports, you have this great platform for telling others about Jesus and the forgiveness of sins. But Christians and especially young or less mature believers, they hear someone thank God for a victory, and they want to then go out and lift that person up. I think that's dangerous because people are ultimately going to fail you. Perhaps not intentionally, but they will fail you. I would I, I would ask that no one lift me up or, or place too much praise on me, but that they would praise the one who saved me, who changed me, and that's Jesus Christ. Russell Wilson has been quoted in many articles as saying that when he began dating Sierra, he heard God speak to him and say that I need you to lead her. I told her right then and there, this is Russell Wilson's quote, what would you do if we took all that extra stuff off the table and we just do it Jesus' way? Talking about, you know, referring to the decision to abstain and wait until marriage. What does that mean to do it Jesus' way? A couple of Bible verses being tweeted. Again, I'm not I'm not picking on Russell Wilson. I think doing it Jesus' way for a great many, it's it's a cost too high for them to pay. There's this great compromise as a result where Christians attempt to be more like the unbelieving world of people around them. They're more interested in being accepted by them than they are by Jesus. Jesus says in Matthew 10:39, and, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. The follower of Jesus must be all in. You got to be all in. Not one foot in with Jesus and the other in with the world even to the place of taking his cross. David Guzik points out that when a person took a cross in Jesus' day, it was for one reason, and that's to die. Because the cross didn't negotiate, it didn't compromise, it didn't deal. There was no looking back when you took up your cross, and your only hope was in the resurrected life. There's a lot of compromise in the church today. Many times those who uh, call the church a bunch of hypocrites, you know, they're right. But in reality, a hospital is a bunch of hypocrites, too. So is a school, a civic building, a bowling alley, your favorite corner store, and probably your own office and home, full of hypocrites. It's hard to stand with Christ because we all want the same thing. We want to be loved. We want to be accepted. And so the church has compromised and has started to accept things which God says is sin, adultery, homosexuality, lying in certain circumstances, cheating in certain circumstances. Christian musicians, they look and sound no different than, you know, worldly musicians. Churches have become more like nightclubs. Sermons and worship songs have been whitewashed of doctrinal elements, and we begin to look to top athletes who tweet out a Bible verse for sound biblical teaching. He's a Christian, and All he does is tweet a Bible verse now and again, so it must be that's all it takes. Just tweet out a Bible verse. That's not the same thing as taking up your cross. And I'm not picking on Russell Wilson. I'm not picking on Sierra. As I said, I don't know them. I haven't heard enough from them to say for sure that what what they believe. I, I just, I don't know. But if God told him to lead her, then how's he going to respond if, and I say if, She wants to make a new sexy video because it'll sell records. How do you lead? How do you lead her when when she wears outfits in which her breasts are exposed? She wore 
an outfit to the ESPYs the other night where, I mean, she was ha- falling out of the thing practically. Will he lead with w- w- and stand with Christ, or, or is there going to be a compromise? Just like Russell Wilson, you and I have to regularly decide how such things are viewed by a holy God. Do they conflict with what you say you believe? Are we willing to pick up the cross and be counted with Jesus? Believers, we need to stand tall. We need to stand firm. And yes, it will be hard. An act of faith in Jesus Christ is more than just abstaining until until marriage or more than just tweeting out a few Bible verses. And that's really not directed at Russell Wilson. I like Russell Wilson. I cheer for Russell Wilson. But there are many other athletes, many celebrities, office workers, construction workers, and people like you and me who think we can get away with just spouting off a Bible verse here and there or showing up in church once in a while. An act of faith in Jesus Christ may cost you. It may mean getting laughed at, may mean getting passed over, or possibly worse. John fifteen eighteen says, If the world hate you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Here's the point. To make a difference for Christ, uh, faith can't be concealed. It has to, it has to be seen. People can't wonder if you're a believer in Jesus. They need to know it. You need to live in such a way that they have no doubts. Let your light shine bright for Jesus. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to Beyond the Game. If you want to find out more about becoming a Christian, you can visit our website, btgprogram.com. You can send us an email here to the program. I want to thank you for being with us. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Listen up, Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, and every other place that can hear this radio station. If you have a pest problem, don't waste your time with any company that's not named Town & Country Pest Solutions. I was a customer before they were the title sponsor of this show, and trust me, they know what they're doing. They have nearly three decades of experience ridding homes of wasps, bees, ants, roaches, bedbugs, squirrels, raccoons, snakes. Yes, I've seen a video of them taking care of a very large snake. You name it, Town & Country Pest Solutions handles it. They're so serious about solving your critter problems that they have an actual American Ninja Warrior on their team who will stop at nothing to get the job done. He can also get up on your roof without a ladder. What could be better? Pest problems solved and a show. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time, write this down, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear absolutely nothing but God. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. 
Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. You can't touch this. I want to thank you for being with us. This is the Beyond the Beyond the Game program. Excuse me. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta and Zach Haas. Darren Metzger's still away. I feel like I've been dominating the show so far. Like My voice is the only one here. I feel guilty because I haven't let you guys talk or you guys haven't gotten in here. So let's do shenanigans now because that, that almost guarantees <laughs> you guys to get a chance. All right. Over the weekend, John Calipari tweeted, You want scoring to go up, automatic foul if the shooter is touched before his feet hit the floor. This is my next mission. Truth or shenanigans, the NCAA should adopt Calipari's proposed rule. Oh, shenanigans. Uh, is, is there really a need to increase scoring? I mean, this, if there is, this is the first I've heard of it. seems to me that the rule as it stands, it, it, there's no problem. You know what? With the high-caliber recruits that Calipari gets. That that's why he he'd like to do this thing. I'm sure he'd love to see them just light it up, you know, with with that mm-hmm. rule change. Uh, no, nah, I I don't think it's a big problem. This is not an area the NCAA needs to worry about. Yeah, I'm with you. That's definitely shenanigans. I riffed basketball for a season in high school basketball in Virginia. And what people don't understand is basketball is a contact sport. There's contact in basketball. So Calipari saying that it should be an automatic foul when someone gets touched before their heat, feet hit the floor, and it's all it is is pandering to fans wanting more points. They they think it's a boring game if they don't score a hundred, and uh, no, it, it that absolutely should not be a rule. You're talking about refereeing a high school game. Can you imagine the pain? Oh you, my, you, you, how they are there now. for hours. Yeah, you'd be there for night. if you called every time someone got touched, you would be there for for hours on end. Barletta, what do you think about it? That's the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think about it. Who wants more fouls in a game? Aren't we on the record on this show as saying we want fewer fouls called? More fouls is the worst idea ever. Shenanigans. The Major League Baseball All-Star Game needs a skills competition. True or false? I don't think it would be a bad idea. I think right now with the Futures game and the home run derby and then the all-star game it's a it's a fine mix but adding a skills competition would make it would make it fun so i'd say there's some truth to that i love the skills competition in hockey i think that's the premiere as far as that goes and i would love to see it in in baseball i don't know like what kind of stuff you'd have in there but i'll agree like can you imagine say a like a an outfield assist competition where like Yoana Cespedes is in right field just throwing cannons to home plate. Like I th- I would tune in to watch that. I think that'd be awesome. So for stuff like that, I will agree. I'll say yes. Yeah, I agree too. I think uh, the All-Star Game does need a skills competition. I mean, it was great watching Giancarlo Stanton do his thing, but I, I mean, I think in my opinion, this is just my opinion, the home run contest is a little bit stale. I mean, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. I, I like how they've tweeted the format some. Uh, tweaked, I should say. But adding some skills competitions would be fun. More players involved, more TV time, more sponsor deals, more money. Surprised they haven't thought of it already. Yeah, they should be listening to this show. We're giving them a lot of good ideas. (laughs) 
If Major League Baseball gave out a midseason MVP award, Jose Altuve would win it. Oh, yeah. I mean, what else can the guy do? A good night. I, I was reading an article by ESPN's Jason Stark. Said he's on pace to hit 341, 25 homers, 44 doubles, 42 steals, 217 hits, and more walks and strikeouts. Yeah, I'd have to say that if there were a midseason MVP award, it would go to Altuve. He's my guy, man. It's what is he like five four, five five? Yeah, see, I put his shoes didn't on. Mention his height. You know, I wasn't going to say that for well, a like, short guy. It was <laughs> well, no, I like the speed, th- like the stolen bases, the two hundred hits a season and stuff. We're used to that from him, but the fact that suddenly he has twenty plus home run power, you know, is just phenomenal. There's literally nothing he can't do, and I love to watch him play. I absolutely agree. Oh yeah, we all agree on this one. He's a you know you gave out the numbers there, and he's. He's a short guy with some personality. He's a guy you like to root for, so yeah, yeah I'd, I'd give it to him. He's fun to watch. Oh, my goodness. I'd like to see him next to this next guy, Tim Duncan, the most underrated NBA player of his generation and, what, like two and a half Altuve's tall? <laughs> I, I agree, but I don't think Tim Duncan would have it other any other way. He wasn't ever a limelight guy. He went out there. He did his job. He made everyone around him better. He was... So unselfish and yet so talented, perhaps maybe one of the greatest teammates of all time because of that. Uh, uh, you know, he played in San Antonio as opposed to someplace like New York, L.A., Chicago. Um, he was never recognized the way probably he should have been. That's not to say he wasn't acknowledged, he wasn't appreciated, but I, I really think his career ranks with those of the all-time best in the game. It's comparable with a Jordan with Kobe. I'm going to say shenanigans because I believe that people know exactly what he's worth. It's just the fact that he's a low-profile guy, and that's how he likes it. I think when you say Tim Duncan, people, people, he's not underrated. People know exactly how good he is, but he's just, they call him the big fundamental for a reason. He plays fundamental basketball. He's not flashy. He's not, um, you know, the fast running. He's not going to dunk it. He's not going to be in a, in a dunk competition. But when you hear Tim Duncan, you know exactly what you're getting. You know he's one of the best, if not the best, power forward in the game. So, no, I don't think he's underrated. I think people know exactly how, how good he is. I'm actually going to call shenanigans, too. The more I thought about it, the thing that stood out to me is I don't follow basketball very closely. I watch maybe a handful of games a year. But I have been very aware of him his entire career. I've known who he is and what he does and stuff. So I think... If I, as the most casual of fans, know all about him, then he can't be that underrated. So I'm going to say shenanigans. I'm not sure knowing about him <laughs> is the same thing as yeah. being underrated. Yeah, I don't. I would differentiate between knowing about him and appreciating what he does. But still, I you know, that's my opinion. Right. For as tall as he is, he keeps his head pretty low. Yeah, he, he tries to. <laughs> He, I think he wants to fly under the radar. I saw a picture this week when he announced his retirement that was great. I thought it kind of wrapped up Tim Duncan, and it's him like in street clothes sitting on a couch in his house or somewhere, and he's on the phone. And the caption is, yes, I'm really retired. Got to go. I have pizza rolls in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's so Tim Duncan. That's just He's just so low-key, you know? All right. Since the Major League Baseball All-Star game quote-unquote counts, Players should be required to participate and penalized if they skip it, like in the NHL. What do you think? I think yes. 
really the solution is the all-star game shouldn't count that's a joke and it's ridiculous when you have fans choosing players for teams that have home field advantage in the world series on the line but if you're going to insist on the game counting then you should at least ensure that the best players are in it i'm going to caution that against i don't think yeah, it does count but it's not it's not going to go towards your team's your, the team that you're on it's not going to go to your, towards your regular season wins or losses so i don't think you should require a player to play in a game, albeit they might not give their effort, but in a game where something could happen, they could get injured, I don't think they should be required to take that added risk. So, no, I don't think they should. I actually agree. I think they should, but I understand it's a difficult debate. These guys play a long season. Getting a few days off in the middle is probably good for a multitude of reasons, but um, perhaps it's time to shorten the season. Maybe there's some sort of compromise. Listen, if we're going to make it where you have to go play in this game, you're not going to get that time off. Maybe it is time to go down to 154 games or something like that and put a few more days off in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they should have to go. Last but not least, Tom Brady's four-game Deflategate suspension was overturned last year but was recently upheld for this upcoming season. Truth or shenanigans, all of Brady's stats and wins from the games that he was supposed to be suspended last year should be forfeited. Shenanigans. But... You're you're one of the biggest Bills fans I know. You are too emotionally attached to this because the I la- should recuse myself. Yeah, the from last this time question. we talked about Tom Brady, you got so fired up, you're banging your hat against the microphone, yeah. and you're getting so passionate about it. I mean, I, I don't feel any differently about his performance. He went out there and, and he played. I. I I don't know. I, I think it. I think it's just fine for the NFL to vacate those wins. I, I felt all along four games was was too much. It seems like the NFL wants to get back at him, but come on. In comparison to some of the other things we've seen, it would seem those things seem to be a more severe act. Yet they get a lesser penalty. Somewhere along the lines, the two sides should have settled on something. This this is mm-hmm. a story everybody's tired of it. Um, Look, the justice system is set up so people can appeal. They can be sure to have every opportunity to prove their innocence. And now that he seemingly has perhaps exhausted those opportunities, this will be the year that he serves the suspension. This will be the year that those games won't count towards his career. Uh, And we were talking about this off the air. I think vacating wins is stupid. Mm -hmm. I just... What are fans to do? Just forget those games happened? We're not conditioned that way. It only frustrates us because it gets more confusing. Take take Jim Beheim. You know, what, what's his wins total? I don't know. Uh, where is he on the all-time list? I don't know. He was here. Is he still there? I, it, nobody really knows anymore without having to think it through, and that's not what sport fans want to do. Yeah, and that's why I'm with you on saying this is shenanigans. You know, whether... You think he should have been suspended or not? He went out there and he threw those passes. He threw the touchdowns. He won the games. And whether he serves a four game suspension last year or this year, it doesn't matter. It's just like in the MLB when a guy gets suspended. I look at you know Rogondor Door, who got suspended eight games for punching Bautista in the face, which was I think a great <laughs> moment in sports <laughs> history. Yes, but he he could appeal it and he played he played in the games until they upheld the suspension. So just like this, he. Uh, you know, Brady appealed his suspension and it got lifted, and now it's back. So whether he serves it now or serves it later, it doesn't matter. But taking okay, away Marletta, his wins, no. spew your hate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to have to call shenanigans. As much as I want to agree and say, yeah, they should be forfeited and he should be in jail and, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> I just... In, in, like like other Zach said, in any other sport, and even in football, if you're suspended and you appeal, you can play during your appeal. And it, like it or not, that's the way that it is. And, as, and I would probably feel even more strongly if the bills had been right behind the patriots and taking those wins away would have put the bills into first place then i would be you know outside with a bullhorn right now talking about this but i you just can't you can't do it you can't forfeit the wins and like you said forfeiting wins is stupid anyways so just you know they got gloriously eliminated in the playoffs anyway so we'll just let them have those wins we're running short on time so why don't we just get right to our pests of the week title sponsor of Beyond the Game program is Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. My pest of the week is former New York Ranger Sean Avery. <laughs> Ever the classy soul, Sean Avery shared videos of himself on Snapchat, waking up homeless people on the street and asking them for the time of day. Avery then defended his actions on Twitter after people scorned him for harassing the homeless. At I'm Sean Avery writes, Next time someone asks me for the time while I'm standing on the street, I'm calling the police. Hashtag harassment. By the way, he spells harassment with an E. With two E's, I should say. (laughs) Because it is with one E. What are you even saying here, idiot? Avery, who is a punk as a player, seemingly has not changed. You may recall that he marked the end of his NHL career by throwing his skates in the Hudson River at the end of 2012. And just last September, he was busted for having prescription drugs in his car and charged with criminal mischief after throwing objects at speeding cars. Stay classy, Sean Avery. Former New York Ranger Sean Avery is my Pest of the Week. My Pest of the Week is Miko Grimes, wife of current Buccaneers cornerback and former Miami Dolphin Brent Grimes. Miko is known for headbutting a police officer at a game and using Twitter to continually attack the Dolphins over how she per- perceives their treatment of her husband until they finally released him because of it. This week, she tweeted about Dolphins owner Stephen Ross hiring, quote-unquote, his Jew buddies to the Dolphins' front office. After Twitter backlash, she went on a tirade claiming that somehow Ross hiring Jewish people makes him the racist, not her. Miko Grimes needs to put the phone down and maybe see a therapist, and she's my pest of the week. My pest of the week would be soccer and soccer fans. <laughs> yes. I haven't been able to get on the internet in the past couple weeks since we've been having the Euro Cup, and I think before that we had some other tournament. Copa and America. I, that's it, Copa America. And I haven't been able to get on the internet, on any social media site, without seeing some type of soccer fan going crazy about something, whether they're happy or sad. And I feel bad about talking about soccer on a sports radio show. But it's just getting annoying, and I'm kind of glad. I'm glad that they're both over. I'm sure we'll get it more when the Olympics come up. But at least then we have more sports to look at. So yeah, I'm sick of seeing soccer. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game's been brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions.com. Give them a call five eight five four two six five zero two four. Tell them Benson sent you. For those guys, Zach and Zach, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Have a great week, everybody.